0: Hey, friend, before we get into today's episode, I have a question for you. Actually, I have a couple. Do you long to let go of expectations, obligations, and distractions? Do you long to live with more peace, presence, and purpose? And do you wish you could do less and live more? Then I want to invite you to a new mini course called Do Less, Live More. It's going live in September, and then you'll be able to access it via replay. On it, I'll give you my five-step roadmap to get you on your way to doing less of what doesn't matter so you can live more of what does. But seats are limited, so make sure to go and get your ticket at lissafiggins.com forward slash more. In the course, you'll learn how to clarify your one thing to focus on that will make the biggest difference in your life. You'll learn to create space and break free from the distractions. And you'll learn to commit to creating a plan and taking action on the right things. Do you want to reach your destination and enjoy the journey? Then you don't want to miss out on this. Remember, we'll be live in September, and after that, replays will be available. So go get all the info and your ticket at lissafiggins.com forward slash more. Now let's get to today's episode. Hey friend, it's Lissa. I'm so glad you're tuning in to another episode of Repurposed After 40, where we help women like you rethink your priorities to create a life you love in this stage of life. So what's a girl to do to parent intentionally and not lose yourself while being a mom so that you create healthier, happier relationships with your kids, no matter how old they are. That's what we're going to rethink on this episode. But first, as one of my favorite listeners, I want to offer you a gift. It's my new daily priorities planner. This reusable planner will get you thinking about your priorities in seven key areas before your day gets away from you and following through on what matters most to you, finally. Sound amazing? And that's not all. I've got something else for you, too. Go grab yours at lissafiggins.com forward slash daily plan, or just click the link in the show notes and be watching your inbox for a bonus gift I have for you. Now let's rethink your parenting. super excited to introduce you to this friend of mine, her name is Kim Minch, and I want to tell you a little bit about her and what we're going to be talking about, and then we'll dive in. So we're going to be talking today about consciously parenting, right? And we all know the opposite of conscious parenting is unconscious parenting. So Kim is a certified conscious parenting coach, and she specializes in working with mothers of adolescents. because let's be honest, we all know that moms are the emotional barometer in the family. So that's why Kim is really passionate about educating, supporting, and encouraging women to raise kids with intention and guidance and not fear and control that we often default to so that way they can have healthier and happier relationships. So Kim, I'm so excited that you are here today, and I just want to start off by letting you share a little bit about your journey as to where you were as a mom and how you got to this point today where you are helping other moms with their kids.
1: Oh, Lisa! I'm so excited to have this conversation with you and to be able to share my own personal journey um, with your audience, because I think that lots of moms can identify with at least one, if not more than one uh, aspect of my journey. So I am a mother of five. My kids at this point, uh, my daughter, my only daughter is 16. And then I have sons that are 18, 23, 28 and 34. And I was a teen mom, um, so that meant that I did a lot of growing up right alongside my eldest son. Mm -hmm. So um, in May of 2008, I will tell you that I got what I call my parenting wake-up call. And we had moved from our home state of Wisconsin down to Texas for my husband's job, A year earlier. But this call came in May of 2008. And it's my son who is 20, who stayed in Wisconsin because he had started college, had a girlfriend, uh, had a job. And basically, he said, Mom, I've lost the last three days of my life to an alcohol binge. I don't remember. It's not the first time and I'm scared and I need help. So in my mom gut, I had some inklings, some, you know, I didn't know that it was necessarily alcohol. I did not know, first of all, the extent of the problem that I was going to be dealing with. But um I did, I did have some instinct in my gut that there was something going on. He would spend day, he would not call back for days. I justified it in my mind in so many ways. There were things that happened in high school that I, you know. Being my first teenager, there was just lots of things that when I looked back hindsight, I could see and connect the dots. Um, however, this call that, you know, precipitated my, my parenting shift really was the beginning of about a year of intense um struggle and dark, uh, challenges that he had again with alcohol and me trying to figure out what the next right step was, how to help him without enabling him. Um, and what I learned in the process of that was to start looking at the way that I was parenting, but also the way that I had been parented and what wasn't working and really beginning to, uh, over time, not over a a series of years, really look at myself and want to become more aware of everything in, you know, in terms of what I was ingesting in media, what I was even going so far as to eating the, the things I was doing in my free time, who I was hanging out with socially. And as my son began to gain some momentum, and I'm obviously giving you a high rise picture of this, but as, as he gained some longer term sobriety um i again really began looking at parenting and especially parenting adolescents and what that needs to look like and how it needs to shift from one of over our kids to one of with them Mm -hmm. so um i'm blessed to say that my eldest is 11 years sober at this point and um he's doing things and and in a space in his life that i that Truly, did not know that was going to, you know, take place. But I've taken that experience of going through that great parenting challenge and now shifted into coaching, specifically moms. As you mentioned, Lissa, I truly believe that mothers are the emotional barometers in their families. Mm-hmm. They don't understand the depths of the importance of them working on themselves is to everybody else in the family. Um, And by that, I mean, you know, I don't necessarily mean the self-care in terms of make sure you get a day off to go to the spa and whatever. It really is about putting routines in place that may be slightly uncomfortable, but that nourish your soul so you can be connected to yourself and then more because of that more emotionally attuned to what's going on in your family you know to really be to our kids if they don't if if they think that we are stressed that we are sidetracked that we are not we might be in the same room we might be present with them but we're not truly there they feel that energetically and they will not come to us with their challenges. And there's a lot of those that go on during adolescence. And while we may look at our kids and say, oh, big deal, you don't have the right sweater to wear to the next party. What is the, you know, it's a big deal to our kids. So us being connected and clear and working on ourselves is truly giving them permission to come to us with their challenges, big or small.
0: I love that, I love that. And I'm just, as I'm listening to your story, I got to be on the other side of the microphone a few days ago for a podcast. And someone, the, the um, interviewer asked me, if there was a common thread that wove through the people that I interview on the show, and what I said is exactly what you have just exemplified. And then this whole, this whole idea that we keep coming back to of, of repurposing and taking the situations, taking experiences, taking our journey and finding a new purpose in it, you know, to repurpose something is to find a new purpose for something. And, you know, and oftentimes it's, it's, it's from a hard place. You know, mm-hmm. I, I mean, what you went through as a mother is just you know, my heart was hurting for you, just listening to you talking about, you know, what that, that phone call and those years, you know, of challenge. And yet you've repurposed that to say there is hope, there is a light, you know, at the end of the tunnel. And how can I help, you know, others who are also experiencing this? So what has that been like for, for you to kind of take your journey and repurpose it? And I'm also curious, um, because it, you know, because this is really involves your son as well. Like what has his response been to, Hey, mom's talking about the fact that I, you know, totally went through this phase of my life. That wasn't stellar.
1: You so know, interesting. You're so interesting. Right? So. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, you mentioned a book and yes, I published a book this summer called becoming me while raising you a mother's journey to herself. And my son has, you know, I, um, I'll just say I started, writing about this journey many years ago. And this book, this summer really is a culmination of so many beautiful things. And Nick, my son wrote the foreword of the book. So yes, it's very Um, personal. It's a very personal story. However, he decided fortunately for me a long time ago that he was behind me in terms of my deep desire to educate and support other parents on this, on this very difficult journey. When you find out your child is, you know, addicted to a substance, whatever that is. Um, so he is supportive of me in doing this. And, um, you know, to, to, I would never say that addiction, the adolescent addiction is a blessing. Mm. I never would have, put myself in the situation. However, I can't think of anything that gives my life more passion and purpose than helping other families than particular moms, I guess, because I felt so alone when I was going through it myself. I didn't, I, because I had my son so young, I was the first one to have a teenager. I was the first of my friends to put my child in treatment. I had to navigate that all by myself. And while I had family support, um, you know, my parents were supportive in that it still was like, I had no one. And so now I love to be the person that can listen without judgment and with compassion to other parents who are struggling with this. And it doesn't always turn out that your child gains 11 years of sobriety or whatever, you know, there's a lot of different scenarios that can play out. But the one thing I guess I'm kind of um, proud of myself is that while I looked at myself to be accountable to where I had contributed to my son's drinking problem that started when he was 15 and developed into addiction by 20, I didn't stay there. And that's what I hope to encourage parents about. Like, it's okay, it's good to look within to because you did right. in some way, shape or form, you were accountable to some of this. So look at right. where that is, but then don't stay there because it is not productive to you. It is not productive, nor does it serve the relationships in your family. And it's just so important to you know get the support and education that you need so that you can support your child without, again, enabling the continued um, addiction of, of whatever that is.
0: Right. I like how you you called it a wake up call, a parenting wake up call, because I think, you know, there is that importance of of something rattles us and, and shakes us. And oftentimes it takes kind of being hit over the head or something major happening for me. It was a cancer sphere in my thirties that woke me up to my health and wellness and what I was doing proactively about that. And then turning 40 was that next wake up call that started asking the deeper questions of who am I and what am I doing? And I don't even recognize because I had spent so much time just being a mom and, you know, yes. focusing on all of their needs. And so, and you, you know,
1: <laughs> you can get lost in that whole idea of motherhood. And 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 that's another thing that I think is so important for both you and I to talk about is really, again, how things don't need to look perfect, but how every day if we're working on ourselves, again, it ripples out to everybody else in our family.
0: Well, and I love that because if we're not taking care of ourselves, and like you said, this is not just a spa day thing or I went to get my nails done, but really some of, more importantly, the inner work then our family and is usually only getting a piece of us. Right. And so we're not able to, to really fully be there. And I think that's selfish. And, you know, have you ever heard women say like, you know, Oh, it's selfish for me to, you know, take time for me or to think about my needs. I'm a mom, I've got kids at home, or I've got kids that are going off to college or I've got grandkids now, or, you know, like, what what have you heard women say and what how do you respond to them when they say that that's selfish
1: well here's what i'm going to tell you that i think is so important and such a nugget is when you know how people say there's no manual that came with this kid or this kid you know doesn't right? parenting doesn't come with a manual well to be honest there's a million really great books on parenting but what i want all parents to know is that you are the manual on which your grandchildren will be raised And that shouldn't, that shouldn't scare you. That shouldn't make you feel like, oh my God, I've got to be perfect. That's not the intention of my telling you this. You have the beautiful opportunity as a parent of these kids now, no matter what their age to break patterns of behavior that maybe you inherited in your own childhood that you don't want to pass on to your children. And that means becoming very conscious about how you're building this relationship with your children. So the beautiful thing about it is, again, we are the manuals on which our grandchildren and our great grandchildren will be raised. So yes, it's hard work sometimes. Yes. It's, you know, is it, it isn't pretty, but it is you taking good care of your emotional and physical well-being because it's a legacy. Motherhood is a legacy that we don't, you know, that we don't often recognize.
0: Hey friend, just wanted to push pause to invite you to not get caught up in the hustle and bustle of the next few weeks. So how's the girl to do that? I'm so glad you asked by expressing gratitude. I promise When you start giving thanks for what you have in seven key areas, the blessings will just keep flowing. So want to practice gratitude and keep it simple? Good. I thought so. Join me for my free seven day gratitude text challenge. Yep. No Facebook groups to check or webinars to watch. Just a quick daily text from me with an inspiring quote, a short video and a daily challenge. And did I mention that it's free? Now that's a great return on investment. You can RSVP at lissafiggins.com forward slash gratitude, or click the link in the show notes. Now let's get back to the episode. Yeah. Oh, I love that perspective of the grandparents, you know, the grandkid manual, because it's so yeah. true, you know, yeah. our parents did the best they could with us based on what they knew, what they experienced. And for Absolutely. some of us, that was a good thing. And for some of us, that was really hard. And while we can't blame, them Because like you nice. said, they didn't know any better, you know, and we, we are so privileged. Now. My parents have said to me many times, you have so many more parenting resources now for your kids than they did right when we were growing up. It's you true. know, we, so we can't, no matter how good or bad the circumstances were, we can't blame them or ride on their coattails and just assume that everything's going to be great for us too. It's being that being intentional And thinking about that legacy, which I absolutely love, love that. And I've been doing a lot of thinking and talking and and working through some material right now about our, you know, our conscious and subconscious minds, you know, and and like you said, all these things fill that from our growing up years and that then develops our paradigm as to how we see things and what we think parenting looks like and, you know, all of that. So pausing to think through and get around people that can help, help raise that level of awareness. And that's key.
1: And and to um, reference the book that I wrote, I told you in part, it was the journey that I took with my son through his addiction. But the first part of the book to talk about legacy and to talk about patterns and whatnot is um, the first six chapters of the book are stories from my own childhood that are unconscious beliefs that I took on. Okay, these are these were things that played out in my relationship, in my marriage and in my parenting for many years before the time when I was ready a couple of years ago to say, what do I really believe about myself mm. and is it true and where did that come from and if it's not true, what really is true and then to practice after shifting the beliefs that I had, some of which were not healthy, that were not serving my relationship to myself, nor the people I loved most you know, right. to redefine what those look like and then practice those every day. Every day it is a practice. In I feel I'm worthy of being heard because as a child, I had an incident that led me to believe that I wasn't worth being hearing. And I think a lot of people have, you know, some of these basic beliefs about themselves that just really aren't true and don't serve and get passed down inadvertently because we don't look.
0: Right, right. Right. And if we're not paying attention, you know, like you said, they're going to come out when life happens, and particularly when we start. You know, marriage is another place that brings up a lot of things. You know, parenting is another place. It's just kind of that refining fire, where what's inside comes out when we get bumped or when life happens or our expectations, you know, are not met um, right. you know, as well. So let's talk about some practical suggestions. You know, I mean, there's so many things swirling around in my mind. Number one adolescents whether they're in your in your home or whether they're leaving the nest, you know, that's just a, its own tumultuous thing. Then we've thrown this whole, you know, COVID thing in here for the last, you know, year and a half and that's changed things. We know it's had a big impact on teens and kids growing up and now we're about to head into the holidays and so of course that brings all kinds of possible family issues and drama or things like that. So if somebody's listening today and she's just saying, okay, like I want to be intentional, I want to be conscious in how I'm parenting. What might be a couple of tips that you would share um, as just a place to get started?
1: Yeah, first and foremost, it's time to get honest. There is, you know, and and, and again, I think that I think that adults. I'm 53. I'm just going to say I think adults in my age range have a difficult time looking within themselves because of the way that we were parented at times. And there's a lot of shame associated with looking at what's my part in things. But we can't until you become more aware you don't you, you, you know, what did Dr. Phil say many years ago? first, I don't know, the first step is awareness. The point is, you know, really get honest about the relationships in your life with your children, with your spouse, and what are you contributing to that? Because I think that parents often feel they have no control or, you know, they're trying to to hold on to this control. And really, we do have more influence than than we give ourselves credit for, even in the most difficult parenting cir- circumstances. But we have to look at our part in it and perhaps shifting the way we are um, responding to it. Are we responding? Are we at reacting? So first and foremost, it's time moms to get very honest You know about what's going on in the most important relationships in your life. Second, start to become an observer in your life you know, start to, you may have some awareness. Yes. I'm contributing to the tension with my teenage son by constantly nagging, but start to put some space between you and the situation and just observe what's going on, observe what's going on in your body. How is your body responding? Do you get that knot in your stomach? Um, is it like a prickling sensation up the back of your neck when you're about to explode, start becoming an observer and then get the support that you need educate. I'm going to say that is is a two-way thing. Educate yourself. on. I think that we do a great job when our kids come into the world of learning about having a baby and learning about what it's like to have a toddler. But as our kids progress through elementary and middle and high school, we get busy and we don't take the time to educate ourselves on brain development, on what is normal. And what might be a red flag when our kid is 14 or 16 or 18 years old. So take the time to educate yourself and get the support you need. If you are in a situation, I mean, we are so quick to invest in our children and their tutoring or their special sports things or their theater things or whatever. We do not invest in ourselves and our parenting journey and I mean, let's face it, we're talking we are talking about doing legacy work here. We're talking about generational patterns and what you want to be handing down to your children. We're not going to be perfect. However, when we pay attention to our most important relationships, we can have a, a beautiful influence. And really at the end of the day, I think if anything we've learned in COVID, it's it's about relationships. It's about You know, many things can be taken away from us at the end of the day. It's about the relationship to yourself and the relationship to the people that you love the most.
0: Oh, so true. I mean, those are just amazing things. I'm taking copious notes. And so if you're listening to this (laughs) and you're driving, you you might want to circle back later and, and write this down because... I think this is so key, you know, it doesn't matter what stage of life your kids are in, whether they're, you know, still young or they're spreading their wings, ours are spreading their wings and a year from now we'll have an empty nest and, you know, there's an intentionality there about what that looks like, right? I know it's like the whole, I told my daughter the other day, what am I going to do when you leave, you know? Um, and so, yeah, there's just, you know, and with any area of our life, whether it's your, your faith or your marriage or your health, or, you know, what you're working on with your finances or your work, or, you know, even just having fun, like it takes intentionality. It takes consciously living because otherwise time is a vacuum and it will suck and just fill itself up with whatever. Right. And we all know it just seems to keep going, you know, faster and faster. And and I love the part that you talked about, like the whole being present and being fully present. And I think that's something that, you know, even though in some cases we've spent more time together with our kids over the past several months, Mm -hmm. have we really been fully present? And I am, I am guilty of, oh yeah, I'm sitting here on my laptop while you're watching the, you know, the movie and it's all good, you know? And so closing that or putting down the phone and, you know, or getting out, you know, and doing things that are just intentionally building relationships with them and, um, you know, and working on, on that relationship, like you said, because that's so key.
1: I think that's a great word for 2022. I'm just going to put that out there, the word intentional. So no matter what, you know, really, really starting to think about, and again, as I said, become an observer in your life. And that's Mm -hmm. not to like, oh my gosh, I'm doing all these things wrong. No, you, you can't change things without becoming more aware. And then Mm -hmm you know, and and don't try and change everything overnight, right? Really, it's taken me many years that this, you know, since the parenting wake up call in 2008, I didn't just overnight stop, you know, watching this kind of movie or don't hang out with these people or, you know, this has just been me observing my life over time, and making an intentional, you know, decision and choice to pull away from things that weren't best serving me or my family. So that's, that's really, you know, in closing, what I'd love to say.
0: I love that. I love that. So if someone's listening today and they're thinking either, okay, yep. I need, I need to be more conscious of my parenting. I I think we all fit in that category, but I'm guessing too probably some people who are thinking of friends or family members, they're thinking of holiday gatherings that are about to happen. And, you know, people that are going to be around that, you know, really would benefit from things like this and, and what you're, what you're doing, how can people find you? What, what resources do you have to offer if somebody wants to learn more and, um, you know, and really start growing in this area?
1: Yeah. A couple things. My website first is reallifeparentguide.com. So that would be the best place. I do have, I I write a blog and there's a lot of resources on there. I've done a a number of interviews. I've done a number of news stories and things on different aspects of parenting. So you can learn a lot about me on the website. And then also um, I mentioned that I published a book this summer and that is available on Amazon and it's called show it here becoming me while raising you a mother's journey to herself. And I promise you the title, the book does, does justice to the title becoming me while raising you is something that I truly believe is what motherhood in essence is all about.
0: I love that because for me, it was that I didn't know who I was because I had spent so much time and focus, you know, doing all these things and not really doing the work on becoming me along the way. And so it's never too late, you know, I mean, I figured it out and that's why I'm helping women now with that about who are you and what's your purpose and how can you repurpose, you know, things from your experience or things Mm -hmm. that excite you to, you know, to make a difference and to build a legacy like you're talking about. And, you know, and this whole idea of priorities, I mean, that's you know, like if we want to have good relationships with our kids, we have to prioritize them. If we want to mm-hmm. have a good marriage. We have to prioritize them. If we want to have, you know, good health, we have to prioritize it. And so it really takes, you know, what you're talking about, like pausing, reflecting making some decisions and, and, and living consciously. And so Mm -hmm. I will drop a link to my date, my free daily priorities planner. So when I work with, with, um, with women, we talk about seven different areas of your life, you know, and so kids would fit under the family category. Right. And it's so important to say what the, what these need to be priorities and what do I want this to look like? You know, Mm -hmm. like you said, we can't control everything, but having the intention and the plan there, uh, is so much better than leaving it to chance and hoping we end up with a great relationship, you know, with our kids. And you know, like you've talked about, these other areas of our life all impact our relationship with them as well. So if they're being neglected, so I will drop that, um, that down in the comments as well, and you can find the links um, to Kim's things down there as well. And you know, I would encourage you, please share this episode uh, with someone that you love. Um, maybe they're in a great place, and it just will encourage them and help them to take things next level. Or maybe they're really struggling right now, and this is this could be the life. This could be the a lifeline right now, right that somebody needs to hear. So, thank you, Kim, so much for sharing your story, for sharing your heart to serve others, and just for making a difference. And, and thanks to your son too for being willing to share his story and That's let it true. be repurposed. Right? Yeah,
1: yeah. Life. Thank you, Lisa. I've loved this conversation and would love to connect with any of your listeners
0: fantastic. Well, thank you everyone for joining us. And, you know, right now I want you to rethink your parenting and until next time, keep rethinking your priorities so that you can truly create a life that you love around the things and people that you love. So take care. Thanks so much for listening today. It means the world to me that we could spend this time together. And I can't wait for you to join in the conversations afterwards in our new Facebook group, Women Repurposed After 40, where you can hang out with me, our fantastic podcast guests and amazing women like you wanting to live repurposed too, just click the link in the show notes while it's top of mind. And if you enjoyed this episode, or think it would be helpful for other women in this stage of life, please leave a review at podchaser.com or right here on this platform. I'd love to hear your thoughts on what we talked about today or what you'd like us to talk about in the future. So send questions, comments, or suggestions in a message to Lissa Figgins on any platform. And until next time, remember... Keep rethinking your priorities to create a life you love.